What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode two of the Gridiron Authority podcast. I'm Keith Thornton, and with me, as always, is Mike Adams. On today's episode, we're going to be diving into the fantasy projections for the 2019 NFL season. Let's dive in. So we're getting pretty excited that training camps are opening this weekend across the NFL, and that means it's time for our 2019 fantasy predictions. We're going to cover everything today from fantasy draft picks and strategies to sleepers and busts. I think we should really kick this off with the easiest question out there. Mike, who do you have going number one overall in this fantasy draft? I think everyone who plays fantasy football is going to have the same guy going number one overall, and I say this with a a bit of saltiness, but it's Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants. Uh, there's no question about it. He's he's the best overall player in fantasy football. He can run it. He can catch it. He can do everything. If they need him to return kicks, he's doing that. Uh, I think if you have the number one pick in the in any fantasy draft you're in, if you don't take Saquon Barkley, uh, you're already starting a step behind. And the crazy part is, week, if you'd asked me this question week 10 or 12 last year, I would have hands down said it's probably going to be Todd Gurley. But I 100% agree. It's definitely Saquon Barkley. With Todd Gurley's knees, a lot of people have him ranked outside of top 10 running backs. So unbelievable. But I agree. Saquon Barkley's number one. That kind of leads us into, so what is your, what are your top five running backs this year? We know Saquon Barkley's number one. Who's your number two? Uh, you know, as a Cowboys fan, uh, I got to go with my boy Zeke Elliott. It's hard to pass him up at number two. If I have the number two pick in any fantasy draft, I'm taking Zeke. Uh, I love what Christian McCaffrey's doing over in Carolina, especially if you are in a PPR league. Christian McCaffrey will bring you unbelievable value. The guy, you know, runs the ball extremely well. He had over 100 receptions last year. Um, Alvin Kamara down in New Orleans. Very similar to that. I think he's a little bit better runner than uh, McCaffrey is, but uh, McCaffrey's got a slight edge on uh, pass catching. And then I think the number five running back for me may surprise a lot of people. I think David Johnson is due for a, for a big season. I think he's going to have a, a bounce back season this year. They fixed uh, some of the offensive line issues down in Arizona. They've got what they believe to be a legit quarterback. They're going to be playing that spread offense, so I think he's going to have a little more room to run. And they added some weapons uh, for Kyler Murray. So I think David Johnson could be in for a big season. Yeah, I've got a love-hate relationship with David Johnson. I remember a couple years ago I drafted him number one overall in our Dynasty League because he was coming off his massive season. And uh, he he did nothing but disappoint me, but I would love to see him bounce back. Um, From my list, I've got number two, Alvin Kamara. I think with Mark Ingram moving on to a different team, I think Alvin Kamara is going to – dominate the backfield there and last year he was definitely number one running back up until Mark Ingram came back so I've got him at two I've got your boy Zeke at three the only reason I don't have Zeke at two is because not 100% certain what's going on with his holdout I hope it doesn't do anything but if you look at Le'Veon Bell and some of these other people who've held out a lot of times that just kind of distracts from their workouts and hurts them a little bit so I've got Zeke at three I have Christian McCaffrey at four and then Melvin Gordon at five. And once again, Melvin Gordon probably be higher, but I know he's talking about a holdout as well. So I really think that the running backs are getting shaken up this year 
just based on holdouts and contract negotiations. Um, and then just as a consolation, I've also got Todd Gurley at six. I think he could easily be a top five, but it just it scares me about his knees. So I, I think a lot of those are are great calls. I could definitely see putting Kamara above Elliot. I could see him putting him, you know, you putting him above uh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think he he has great upside, great potential, and with Mark Ingram being gone, uh, I think he's gonna gonna have a huge season. I think it'll be interesting to see some of the running backs this year. There's a lot of great rookie running backs coming in. I think a lot of great second year running backs um, that I don't I don't think we can overlook. Uh, I think Josh Jacobs over in Oakland is going to have a big year. I think Sony Michelle over in New England is going to have a great year, and then I think. James Conner, I think he could have a big year having that pressure of when's Le'Veon Bell coming back. Uh, am I going to be the guy? Is my playing time going to stay consistent? And I think having Antonio Brown off the team, they could focus on the run a little bit more. So I could see James Conner having another big year this year too. So let me ask you this. We've got all these great running backs here at the top of the first round. At what point in the first round do you stray away from running back and maybe pick up that wide receiver one? At what time? Do you think it's the top four, top five? What do you think? I think it really depends on the league you're in. I think if you're in a PPR league, uh, I mean, if there's if there's some good combo running backs up there, you want to if you're picking at number five and they're you know the, your guy's still there, take him. But I think if you're out around say nine or ten in a twelve man league, you know you probably want to go for that receiver at that point. Um, or if you're gutsy enough, maybe a quarterback, but probably probably more of a receiver. So yeah, and I've got so. Here's who I have. So if you don't get one of these top running backs in the first round, say you, you're in a 12-man league and you get the 12th pick, or you're in a 10-man league and you get the 10th pick, I've got some picks here that are going to be good sleeper picks for you at running back that you don't have to worry about if you don't get them because you can get them in the later round. My number one is Rashad Penny from Seattle. They sent Mike Davis away. Chris Carson's coming off knee surgery. They drafted him in the first round last year. He kind of came into the league a little bit out of shape. And he had statistically the least amount of carries for a first-round running back in the history of the NFL. So I really think he's going to have a bounce-back year this year. I'm curious to hear what you got, Mike, if you've got some great fantasy sleepers that listeners can get later in the draft. You know, I've got a lot of guys that I believe they may not necessarily be sleepers, but I think they're going to be people that fantasy owners are going to overlook. I think... Philip Lindsay over in Denver. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, as an undrafted free agent running back last year, you know, that guy had a tremendous season. He's going to be the featured back. He's the number one back. He He's going to have, a, I think, another big year, especially with Joe Flacco there. They're going to want to run the ball. They're going to want to do a lot of clock control, time management. So I think he's going to get a lot of carries. I think uh, he's going to get a lot of catches out of the backfield. So I could see him being a big sleeper. I think the uh, Devontae Freeman down in Atlanta, a lot of people have kind of forgotten what a dynamic running back he is. And because of his last couple seasons, have been a little injury riddled. But I think if he can come back and he can stay healthy, he's going to be, I think he's going to have another dynamic season. And then speaking of overlooking elite talent, Kareem Hunt's coming back week nine of the NFL season. And before he went out, you know, before he got suspended last year, his first year and a half in the league, he was a top three, potentially top five running back in the NFL. So I think when he comes back, it's going to be midseason. They're probably going to want to be giving Nick Chubb a bit of a rest and it's going to be getting cold in Cleveland. They're going to want to run that ball. And I think Kareem Hunt is uh, is going to be the guy that carries the load for him. 
And he might be one of those guys. If you listen to our first episode, we talked about building your team later in the season to continue winning. Even if you're a winning team or maybe you're off to a rough start in fantasy, Kareem Hunt is a great candidate to either get your team out of the hole or to keep your team on top because he's going to be coming in fresh and he's going to be great late season for you. And I, th- I think he's a guy, you don't want to draft him in the first 10 rounds, I really don't believe. Uh, but if you can get him in rounds 12, 13, and especially if somehow he slips through the cracks and goes undrafted, if you have a league that allows you to put players on IR, um, I know some leagues don't have that, but if you have the IR leagues, then uh, he'd be a great guy to pick up and just stash on your IR. He won't use up a roster spot. And he can, he, like I said, he can come in late in the season and he can give your team, you know, a 20 point boost. And if you're weak at running back that, I mean, that could be the difference between, you know, potentially missing the playoffs and potentially winning a championship. Absolutely. It's it's completely rare for this to happen for a running back too. So I know it's unfortunate for Browns fans and for Kareem Hunt, but running back is such a hard value to get in fantasy drafts that it's rare. You can get a guy either undrafted or a guy is super late round that can provide as much value as he's going to provide that team. So I've got another question here. Are there any guys on your top running backs who you might have like a buyer caution, buyer beware kind of thing. I've got Todd Gurley only because he was so dominant last year, but once his knees started acting up, he was next to worthless as a fantasy running back. So I've got him as a top 10 running back, but it's kind of a buyer's beware. I don't know if you're cautious on any of these holdout situations for these running backs, or you've got anyone that you would just caution people to avoid. Uh, you know, I've got Todd Gurley in the top 10. I actually have him at number six also on my fantasy list. However, he is a guy that if he does have arthritic knees, like they're saying, you know, he was, he was injured and missed a lot of time at the end of the season. And we never really truly got any answers off of that. So that does worry me a bit, but you know, if he comes back healthy, I mean, he could have a great season, but and when I say, I think Gurley could have a down season. I mean, a down season for Todd Gurley could be 900 yards and, and six touchdowns, which for most people, that's a great season. But if you draft him thinking he's going to get you 1,315, you know, in that sense, that's a down season. I've also got Le'Veon Bell. I think Le'Veon Bell will have a solid season. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be an impact player for the Jets. But I think anyone that's expecting him to come out and have eighteen hundred total yards and fifteen plus total touchdowns may be a little disappointed. I think setting out football for for an entire year. You know, he's basically going to be going on around 20 months without playing an NFL game. I think that's, it's going to take him a while to get going. I think those first few weeks of the season, he's going to be a bit rusty and uh, he's with a new team, a new quarterback, new offensive coordinator. So, you know, he, I think he'll have a good season. I think he'll be an impact player, but I don't think he's going to put up the numbers. A lot of guys will expect. Yeah. And he was our number one caution last year. Cause we saw people draft him number two, number three overall, and then he didn't even play. So uh, it's just some of the some of the names we're throwing out just to caution. They might be great. They may not play. So it's always up in the air. So I think we're in agreement here that after the top running backs, it's wide receivers, correct? Oh, yeah, without without doubt. So who are your top five? I've got at number one, I've got DeAndre Hopkins. I really expect him and, and uh, Deshaun Watson to have a really great year. So he's my number one. I'm curious to see what your top five are. Top five, I've also got DeAndre Hopkins, number one. Uh, I've got Julio Jones, number two. I think he, I mean, he has a great year every year. 
Uh, he and Matt Ryan have great connection. They they really work well together, and I think he's due for another big year. Number three, I actually have uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think with Antonio Brown gone, the focal point being on on Smith-Schuster, I think he's due for an even bigger year than last year. I feel like he got overlooked a little bit with Antonio Brown last year and with all the drama going on. I don't think people realize what a great season he had. And I think he's I think he's going to have another one. I think he's going to have a bigger season than last season. So I think he's uh, he's my number three fantasy receiver. Number four, I've got Michael Thomas. He every year he's been in the league. He's had a huge year. Anytime you've got Drew Brees throwing you the ball, you're you're in position to succeed. Uh, I think he's he's just going to have a, a great season. And then number five, I actually have Tyreek Hill. Um, now that we know he's not being suspended, he's he's not facing any more punishment from the NFL at the moment. I think with uh, his speed and Mahomes arm, I think he's in for another huge year. They uh, added some weapons around Mahomes, around Hill in Kansas City. They spent an early pick on a new receiver. I think Sammy Watkins, if he stays healthy the whole year, and now they got Damian Williams uh, at running back, I think they're going to be able to set up the play action. I think teams won't be able to, to focus on Tyreek Hill by himself. And so I think he's going to get a lot of one-on-one matchups. And we all know if that happens that, you know, it's, it's a bad situation for the other team. So I've actually got Tyreek Hill at number five. That's interesting. I've, I've actually got him kind of at a tie at number five. I had him with Odell Beckham Jr. I expect Odell to, you know, put up numbers that Odell always does with Baker Mayfield singing it to him. But I love your points on Tyreek Hill because a lot of people didn't realize that Chiefs also got Carlos Hyde. So they've got a lot of weapons all the way around him. It's going to be impossible to double-team anybody. You can't double-team Tyreek when you're double-teaming Travis Kelsey. And you got Miko Hardman, the new speedster that they just drafted. It's going to be hard to stop anybody on that offense, and I like the fact that you put Tyreek Hill up there. Otherwise, I think our top fives are pretty much exactly the same. And also on the Chiefs, I've got, as my main sleeper, just like you said, Sammy Watkins. I really think Sammy Watkins is going to have a breakout year because – like I just said, you're going to be double teaming all over the field. You got to remember just a couple years ago, Sammy Watkins was a wide receiver one and he's got speed and he's got the quickness and the size. So I really think if everyone stays healthy, that Sammy Watkins is going to be my sleeper pick. I'm curious to see who yours is. You know, I think my, my number one sleeper pick is uh, a guy that is overlooked, but should not be. Uh, and I have AJ green actually, uh, he's when healthy, he's an elite receiver. I think he's a top five receiver in the NFL. I think he gets overlooked a little bit uh, over in Cincinnati because uh, they haven't been winning a lot lately. And uh, he he has you know been injured a little bit. But when like I said, when he's healthy, he he is a top five receiver in the NFL, I believe. And uh, so I have him as as one sleeper pick. And then I I have Larry Fitzgerald as my my second sleeper pick. He had a bit of a down year last year, but. I think with some of the guys they added around him down in Arizona, uh, like I said earlier, I think David Johnson's going to have a big bounce back year. They've got what I believe to be a legit quarterback and that spread offense with with uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I could see him getting a lot of touches, a lot of a lot of targets, a lot of re, you know receptions, and he's always you know may not be the fastest guy in the world anymore, but he he's got moves and he his route running is second to none. So he's gonna he's gonna be open and. And uh, they're going to throw him the ball. So I think he could be a, a, a sleeper pick in the mid to late rounds. Okay, so I found this interesting. I started digging for wide receivers that have the biggest bust potential for me. 
And it's not that I'll completely stay away from this guy, but I won't take him as high as I would have. And that's Antonio Brown. I feel like any wide receiver that you've seen, the Michael Crabtrees, the Amari Coopers, anyone who Derek Carr's throwing to doesn't really have as good of fantasy potential as they could. And that's just my opinion. But I don't think Antonio Brown would be a first-round wide receiver for me. Do you got anybody to stay away from? I think we're on the same page here. I think Antonio Brown is is my my shy away from a bit. Again, I, I think he's, like you said, I think he's a great receiver. Um, I think he's going to potentially have a good year. I would take him as maybe my second receiver pick, but it, it does scare me a little bit just seeing – how how Derek Carr and Amari Cooper struggled together last year and the year before, really. Um, and then Amari Cooper goes to Dallas with with Dak Prescott, and you know he puts up pretty good stats. He actually put up in nine games with with Prescott. He put up uh, 753 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, he put up less than a third of that uh, yardage wise with uh, the Raiders um, before he got traded to Dallas, and he only had one touchdown. So. Uh, I am a little hesitant to to draft Antonio Brown this year. Maybe, maybe if your draft is later in the preseason and and it looks like he and uh, Antonio Brown and Derek Carr have some good chemistry in the preseason, you know he may shoot up the board a little bit. But at the moment, I to me he's the number two receiver. Yeah, and we've looked over the years. We've seen Antonio Brown going as high as number three or four in our drafts. So. It's not that we're saying stay away from him, period. Don't draft him. It's just don't make him one of your first picks. Don't take him instead of a solid RB1 in round one. And that also reminds me here. How far do you go in the draft before you draft a quarterback? Is there a quarterback that you see has a first-round grade? I think, uh, again, depending on your league, depending on your your draft position, I think for me, realistically, Patrick Mahomes is the only one you take in the first round. Uh, he's going to put up ridiculous numbers again this year. I don't, I don't think he's going to put up the same numbers he put last year, uh, and that doesn't mean he's having a, a down season. I think he's still going to probably throw for around 5,000 yards. I think he's probably going to throw for you know, 45 touchdowns, uh, which technically are down numbers, but that's still going to be a phenomenal season. So I think Mahomes is the only guy I'm looking at as a first-round quarterback talent. Yeah, and I, I feel like he's going to kind of be a draft record because the celebrity he's gained this offseason as well, I feel like people are going to jump on him way too early. I think they're gonna you're going to see guys in the third and fourth pick picking him. And in it, like we talked about in episode one, it's probably going to start a run on quarterbacks at that point. And I, I'm in agreement with Mike. I would not draft anyone besides Pat Mahomes in the first round. Even if, I mean, I don't even know that I would draft Pat Mahomes in the first round if there were good running backs and wide receivers left, but he's the only one I would see. So on that note, who are your top five quarterbacks? My top quarterbacks that I have for this year's fantasy, obviously, like I just said, Pat Mahomes is my number one pick. Uh, number two, I've got Deshaun Watson. He's a you know great young quarterback down in Houston. I think he's he's due for a huge season this year. He and Mahomes came into the league together, and I, I feel like, with Mahomes' success last year, people have kind of overlooked what Deshaun Watson has done down in Houston. He's put up tremendous numbers in in the essentially season and a half that he's played, and I think he he's due for for a big season. They're getting Will Fuller back this year. Uh, they got a good slot receiver. Obviously, they got DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Lamar Miller is coming back. He's a great 
great combo back. They got Deontay Foreman coming back as the number two running back. He missed most of last season. So I think with the weapons that they have around him, I, I feel like he's due for a huge season. Uh, number three, I've got Andrew Luck. A great bounce back year last year. Obviously missed it, you know, two years ago, missed the entire season, but he came back through for 35 plus touchdowns over 4,000 yards last year, uh, led Indianapolis to the playoffs. I think he's, he's due for another, another huge season. Uh, number four, I've got Aaron Rodgers. I think he's being, I think his greatness is being overlooked kind of like Deshaun Watson. I feel like he had a bit of a down season last year because of the injuries. The Packers missed the playoffs. But Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. If he stays healthy, he's putting up huge numbers. Uh, it doesn't matter what defense he's going against. So, And then number five, I've actually got Matt Ryan. I think, uh, as I mentioned earlier, a potential sleeper pick for Atlanta is uh, Devontae Freeman. I think getting him back healthy, having – uh, Julio Jones as your as your receiver. You know they've got great receivers around them. They've got Hooper at tight end. They've got a solid offensive line, so he's going to have time to throw the ball. Uh, a lot of weapons around him. I think he's in for for a big season. Yeah, my top four is pretty much the exact same. The only thing I had was Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson flip. So Andrew Luck two, Deshaun Watson three. I really liked Andrew Luck and his completion percentage. He did some great things last year. The one I'm really excited about is Aaron Rodgers. Like you kind of said, his greatness is overlooked because of last year. Well, I think that offense kind of got stale under Mike McCarthy. So the new guy sounds like he comes in, he's building up the defense, and he's going to let Aaron Rodgers just sling it. And I think that's where Aaron Rodgers is the strongest. I look for him to have a big year. I look for Devontae Adams to have a big year because of it. And I think it's going to be interesting to watch there. The only difference I have is number five is I actually put Baker Mayfield at number five. He's got a new weapon in Odell Beckham. He's already got Jarvis Landry. He's getting a Kareem Hunt. He's got a great team around him. And just like Aaron Rodgers, they're not afraid to let him sling it. And I feel like that's the newest trend in quarterbacks. When you look at Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, you get these quarterbacks running around and slinging the football. And I think that Baker Mayfield has a big year because of that. So for a bust, this is one that I'm going to say before my sleepers because this is one I've seen a lot of people rank him high, and I'm not – 100% certain why is Lamar Jackson. I think the only thing he's really got going for him is that he can run. And the other problem is he gets he's going to get hurt. And we saw him get dinged up last year in the game against the Chiefs, and he's been dinged up a little bit. But when he runs, he runs well. He runs 100 yards a game, but he he doesn't have the arm to just be a pure passer. So I would just caution people against taking him high. And when you look at taking or running quarterbacks high, you're looking at like an RG3 from years past. A lot of things can happen to running quarterbacks, injury-wise. So what's your thought on Lamar Jackson? Uh, you know, I think Lamar Jackson's got a lot of potential. What what worries me more isn't an injury aspect. It's more he doesn't really have a lot of weapons around him. He doesn't. I think Mark Ingram's going to help give some stability to the run game, but the receivers worry me a bit. Uh, they don't have a lot of talent there. Their offensive line is is a good run, you know, run protection offensive line, but – uh, to me, uh, I think people are going to be able to load up the box. I think they're going to be able to spy on him, which is going to take away his running ability. It's going to take away Ingram's ability to help the offense if everyone loads the box. So I think if it comes down to him having to make throws, that worries me a bit. Not to say he's a bad passer. I think he can, 
you know, I think he can open up the the offense a little bit, but I'm just more concerned about the weapons he has. Yeah, and I I think he can pass, but my my biggest thing is when you get a team and no team ran better than the Ravens last year. But when you get a team that's so one dimensional, just like Mike said, you stack the box. Can he go out with his arm and win against a team that's shutting down the run? And I don't think he showed much of that last year. When he got behind, he didn't have a good comeback game because he couldn't do he couldn't pass very accurately. I think he's a good passer. I just don't think he's going to win you games with his arm. So my sleeper pick, this one was fun. I was looking at it and and looking at some of the the Twitter wars going on this year. I actually really like Josh Allen for the Bills. The guy's got a cannon of an arm, only 99 Madden rating throwing power that I've seen, which is crazy that it's higher than Mahomes, but he, he and Mahomes are going to have a throw off, it sounds like. Um, they added Cole Beasley, a wide receiver, who's a reliable receiver. Mike knows that. They added John Brown. The underlooked stat from him, last year he ran almost eight times per game when he played, and he averaged 55 yards per game, and he had a couple 94-plus yard games running and several touchdowns. So he's he was number two only behind Lamar Jackson at running last year. Plus he's got a cannon of an arm. I really think he's going to have a sleeper season, and I've seen him be projected as low as the 20th quarterback this year. So if you do miss out on quarterbacks in the top half of the draft, keep an eye out for Josh Allen. I, I love that pick. I think Josh Allen is a hugely overlooked quarterback. Uh, I'm a, you know, Wyoming, anyone that knows me is my my uh, guilty pleasure college football team. So I loved watching him play uh, at Wyoming. I, I think he's his arm is phenomenal. Uh, they added a lot of weapons. Cole Beasley was underutilized in Dallas. I think that's going to be a great addition to the slot. Uh, they're, they are loaded at running back. They've got some some good players there. Their offensive line is better, and I mean he's he's had an off season to learn you know the NFL system. So I think he's going to have a great year. I love that as a sleeper pick. But my sleeper pick uh, it may be a bit of an unpopular one, but Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, this is a guy that his rookie season started twelve games, only threw for a little over two thousand yards, seven touchdowns to seven interceptions. wasn't very successful. Couldn't move the ball. Last year, however, uh, they got Matt Nagy in there, uh, similar offense to what the Chiefs ran a couple years ago, to what the Chiefs are running now even. And I think Matt Nagy helped him tremendously. If you look at his stats, he only played two more games last year. He played 14 games last year compared to 12 his rookie season. He threw for 1,100 more yards, 17 more touchdowns, ran the ball better. His completion percentage was 7% higher. Uh, I think this is a guy a lot of people are are overlooking. Uh, I think he's going to have a, a great season uh, in Chicago. And uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing I really like about Mitch Trubisky is that guy has weapons around him. He's got Tariq Cohen, who's like a Tyreek Hill, versatile running back, wide receiver, just a game changer. He's got just all kinds of stuff around him. But the thing that surprised me the most is how much the team missed him when he was hurt. If you watch those games where Chase Daniel was starting, it was hard to watch. <laughs> so yeah. I think that he's a he's a great pick for a sleeper. I really like that. And and on the sleepers, real fast, I just got a couple more to throw out, which I think are a bit of a shame that they're considered sleepers at the moment. But I, I love what Matthew Berry does for ESPN. But at the moment, if you if you actually go look at his rankings right now, 
He's got Philip Rivers as the 18th ranked quarterback for fantasy football, and he's got Tom Brady as the 21st ranked quarterback in fantasy football. If you're getting those guys that late in the draft, I mean, you are talking huge upside to that. Uh, Philip Rivers, you know, I, I say this as I, I love the Chiefs. I'm not a not a big Chargers fan, so it'd be easy for me to to bash on Philip Rivers. But I mean, the guy's put up a Hall of Fame resume. He always puts up great yards. May throw a little, you know, may throw a little too many interceptions, but I mean, he puts up great numbers. Tom Brady, I shouldn't have to mention what Tom Brady's capable of. It doesn't matter who you put around him. The guy's going to put up, I mean, every year for the last 12 years, he's put up great numbers. So I, I having him that low uh, in the rankings uh, to me is a, a bit absurd. So, but if they do slip that that low in your fantasy draft and you can get Tom Brady as your backup quarterback, according to Matt, you know, according to Matthew Barry, then uh, good for you. Well, it's the same thing every single year, just like the the Patriots chances of winning the Super Bowl. Everyone says they're done. They're over. They always have Tom Brady ranked low and they always win. So as much as you may hate him, it's hard to argue against Tom Brady being a top quarterback. So that's taking us into this. I saw, I think it might've been Matthew Barry's rankings, his top 50 PPR rankings. He actually had Travis Kelsey with a first round grade. Do you have any tight ends in the first round? Um, Nothing against tight ends personally, but I don't, I would not take a tight end before, before round four. Honestly, um, there's so much more you can do so much more you can do to help your team. Travis Kelsey, phenomenal, phenomenal player, um, puts up great numbers, but I, I think your running backs, your receivers and, and quarterback are more important. So even if you take a running back one, a quarterback two, uh, sorry, a running back one, a wide receiver two and a quarterback three, I think you should probably go running back or wide receiver with four. And so the, the only way I would take, a run or a tight end before round, you know, before round four or by round four is if, you know, the top five, six, seven, eight guys are all taken at, at the position and, and Travis Kelsey just playing flat out gives you the best value. The one thing I did notice last year is once the top, I don't know, six or seven tight ends were gone, it was actually hard to find a really reliable starter that put up 15, 20 points per game. So on that note, who are your top five tight ends? Uh, I, I agree with what you said. I, I think once you get outside that top five or six tight end range, you know, you're, if you don't get one of those guys, you're better off just drafting for drafting for depth and, and stuff at other positions until you can get down to that, that next level, honestly. But with my top five tight ends, I've got Travis Kelsey, number one, uh, he gets yards, he gets touchdowns, receptions, great player, dynamic. Uh, I've got George Kittle from San Francisco at number two. Um, very overlooked season last year. Uh, actually set an NFL record for receiving yards by a tight end in a season last year. A lot of people don't realize that. He actually broke Travis Kelsey's record that he set in week 16. <laughs> yeah, tra- yeah, Travis Kelsey set the record. George Kittle broke the record. Oh, very over. And he did that, you know, he did that with with some, you know, some ungreat quarterbacks last year, you know. Uh, Garoppolo missed most of the season last year. So you're talking second and third string quarterbacks. He did that with if Garoppolo comes back and plays a full season, you know, the sky's the limit for that guy. Uh, Zach Ertz. I have at number three, again, I'm a, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm not afraid to admit Zach Ertz is, is a beast of a beast of a tight end. He's, he's a bad matchup for, for linebackers and safeties. 
Uh, he's usually too fast for most linebackers. He's too big for most safeties. Uh, he's just a nightmare matchup. So he's my number three uh, tight end. Evan Ingram, again, as a Cowboys fan, you know, I'll, I'll give it out to a giant. Uh, the the guys, to me, I, I'd say probably the fastest tight end in the NFL. Um, again, he's a bad matchup for for a lot of a lot of linebackers, a lot of safeties. Um, and then I have OJ Howard down in Tampa Bay as my my number five tight end. I think, you know, I haven't been a big fan of what Jameis Winston's done down there, uh, but I, I do think with Bruce Arians, the guy's a bit of a quarterback guru. Um, everyone he's worked with has had success. Uh, he helped turn around Carson Palmer's career. So I feel like if if he can get that same sort of production out of Jameis Winston, then OJ Howard is is in for for a huge year from the tight end position. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, one of the tight ends, and our top five is pretty much the same. I did put Vance McDonald at number five for Pittsburgh. I think he had a solid year, and I think with Antonio Brown leaving, he's kind of a going to be more of a relied on target from Ben Roethlisberger. But I agree with OJ Howard too. The really, and I hate to do this because I'm a Chiefs fan, but for a sleeper, I really think you should watch out for Noah Fant out of Iowa, rookie tight end for Denver. He's a great player. He he was from the state of Nebraska where I'm at now. Went to Iowa, had a great career there. Got drafted high for the Broncos. And I think with Joe Flacco playing there, he's going to be a good kind of security blanket until they can get a good rhythm going with the receivers. And I really expect Noah Fant to have a great year. So do you have any sleepers at the tight end position? Uh, yeah, you know, I've actually got I've got a few of them I think are guys you should you should keep an eye out for. My number one sleeper uh guy that got hurt early last season missed most of the season it's a guy every year in fantasy i draft him if he's available it's delaney walker tennessee titans uh undersized tight end but uh good speed good strength runs routes really well uh, always puts up great numbers uh i don't think he's a top five tight end but i think if he comes back healthy he's going to give you great value uh, I have David Njoku from Cleveland. I think having we talked about the running backs over in Cleveland earlier with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I think having those two running backs, I think having uh, Beckham Jr. and Landry on the outside, you know, I think Njoku is going to get overlooked a little bit. He's going to get singled out and he's going to he's going to have a lot of great matchups. And I think he's going to put up some good numbers, particularly down in the red zone. He's a big target. He was Mayfield's number one end zone target last year. So I, th- I think with all those weapons around him, I think he's going to, he's going to have a lot of good matchups and he's a guy to keep your eye out for. I also was just looking at this list here. TJ Hawkinson from Iowa, the number eight pick signed by the Detroit lions. I think he could also have a massive crazy fantasy season. When you have somebody like Matthew Stafford throwing to you, I mean, the guy throws for 5,000 yards. I bet you that TJ Hawkinson, it's weird that two Iowa tight ends in the first round, but I think they could both have great seasons. I think that's a, that's a great call. I, I think uh, he's a lot, I saw, I noticed he was a lot lower than I thought he should be, but I think he's going to have, I think he's going to have a good year. Um, I think with some of the weapons they have up there, they've got a le- legit running back and carry on Johnson now. Uh, it's going to set up a lot of play action over there. So I, I I could see him having a pretty good season. Okay, I've got one tight end that I won't even call him a bust. I will just say don't draft him at all, and that's Jordan Reed. I see year after year somebody drafts Jordan Reed only for him to get hurt or any, or something else. And this year, I don't think he's going to have the quarterbacks to throw it to him. 
Who knows if it's going to be Colt McCoy, Case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins. If it were me, I'm staying away from Jordan Reed. I think that's a great call. I think Jordan Reed, Jordan Reed's had too many injuries. Um, he, he's a guy, I mean, maybe if you pick him up on, on, uh, the waiver wire, you know, free agency for, for one week, if he's healthy and your tight ends out, I think that's, that's a good call, but I would not, I would not draft him at all, honestly. Um, I mean, he may be a good one week fill, but other than that, just stay away from him. Exactly. All right, so that leads us down to the bottom of our draft, and that's defense and special teams. Who's your top five defenses? I know you're a Cowboys fan, so they're probably up there. They have a hell of a defense. Uh, you know, I, I love the Cowboys, obviously. But surprisingly, I, I did not put them in my top five uh, for the simple reason that they are a great defense. They're gonna, they have speed for days over there they they make a lot of sacks a lot of plays but they're there's not a that ball hawking style of defense uh not a lot of turnovers not a lot of defensive touchdowns i do have them in my top 10 but my top my top five I actually have the chicago bears number one uh i think they're a complete defense they stop you know they stop the run they can defend the pass they're ball hawks any time, any team that has Khalil Mack on it's gonna gonna have a great pass rush. So uh, they're number one. Number two, sticking in the NFC North, I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. A uh, bit of a down season last year with their defense. Not to say it was bad, it, but it it wasn't as good as it was the year before. We can all agree to that, I believe. But uh, I think they're due for a big bounce back season. Uh, and and uh, again, like Chicago, I feel like they can rush the passer. They're ball hawks. They stop the run pretty well. So I think they're my number two defense. Number three, I have the Houston Texans. Again, another complete defense. Uh, they got J.J. Watt, J- uh, Jadavion Clowney, Whitney Merciless. Those three guys alone are going to give you 30 sacks as a team. They they uh, are a bit, you know, pretty good ball hawks. I think they're going to miss uh, the Honey Badger a little bit. But, uh, you know, I think they're they're in for a big season as well. Uh, number four, I have the Los Angeles Rams. Again, kind of like Khalil Mack, anytime you've got Aaron Donald on your team, you're going to rush the passer. You're going to stop the run. You're going to create havoc. Havoc creates turnovers. The Rams are number four to me. And then number five, I have the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, again, talent at all three levels. They don't really have any glaring weaknesses on defense. They force turnovers. They create havoc. Everything about them I love, uh, so I have them at number five. It's a pretty good list. I actually do have the Cowboys at number two, so I, I think that they're going to be a really good defense this year. And I don't have the Chargers in there. I, I do like the Chargers defense, but I think playing the Chiefs twice a year is going to hurt a little bit. I'm just a little bit biased, though. <laughs> so one of the things I have on here is it's not really a bust defense, but I've heard people ranking the Broncos high just because they still have Von Miller. They still have all this. I've got them as a cautionary pick just because I feel like their offense isn't going to be as good as it could be. And they're going to have a lot of defensive possessions and that's going to lead to maybe a lot of points against them. Um, They had a little bit of struggling in their secondary. So I'm just a little bit cautious on the Broncos, not saying that they're bad defense because they still have Von Miller. So they're still going to get the sacks, but I'd just be a little bit cautious there. I'm going to go with that, but flip it. My sleeper defense, I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Baltimore Ravens. You know, number one defense last year in football, lost a lot of talent. 
uh, lost Eric Weddle, lost Terrell Suggs, lost a lot of guys. However, they did add Earl Thomas. They added some other talent around there, spent some draft picks on defense. I think that's a defense, maybe not necessarily a top 10 defense, but I think just outside of that, I think, you know, 11 or 12, they could be, you know, one of the lower ranked, you know, one of the lower defenses, uh, uh, in terms of starting defenses, but I, I think it's a defense a lot of people are overlooking. Um, I think they're going to, you know, again, anytime you have Earl Thomas, uh, that guy is is just a general. I mean, he he excels in everything he does. The only thing, if he if he gets hurt, obviously they slip down the boards. But I think from from a sleeper standpoint, Baltimore I think is in for for a pretty solid season. And I've got this as a deep sleeper, and I am in no way saying that they're a defense one. But I think people are going to count the Chiefs as the dead last defense in the league, and I really don't think that's going to be the th- the case. Last year, they led the league in sacks. They're always up there in sacks. They got rid of a lot of their older players. They got younger players. Um, the Honey Badger's on the defense. He's actually the oldest player on the defense, if you can believe that, and he's still in his 20s. So you've got him. They got Juan Thornhill in the draft at cornerback. They got Alex Okafor on the line. They traded for Frank Clark. They got some good linebackers in there. I really think that they're going to step up and they're going to have a pretty decent year. I don't think they're by any means going to be a top 10 or 15 defense, but I do think if you're in a spot where you need a backup defense, say for a bye week, I think the Chiefs are actually a pretty reasonable pick. I I, I agree with that. I think, you know, for them, they could, you know, a huge improvement for them would be, you know, be a, a top 20 defense and which, Personnel wise, I think they have that potential. Uh, I think the Honey Badger is really going to do a lot of great things for him. Frank Clark, I think, is is going to be a great pass rush. Alex Okafor, I, I love Alex Okafor. Um, Chris Jones, I think that's a guy that people are sleeping on a little bit, despite you know the numbers he put up last year. Uh, they do have some solid linebackers. Anthony Hitchens, I think, is is going to be leading the way for him. So. Uh, I mean, they they have some talent. They do have some holes and some weaknesses, but they do have talent at all three levels. And anytime you have that, you know your your defense is going to be in position to to succeed in 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 multiple ways. Yep, and I think that it's also going to take them a little bit of time to get into the groove because they're getting a whole new defensive scheme. They're switching from a three four to a four three. They're going to be running a lot of nickel sets. So they also got Bashad Breeland from the Packers. So they've got some good players on there. I'm excited to see what happens. And that leaves us with everybody's favorite draft pick, the kickers. I don't think we're going to do sleepers or busts. Who's your top five kickers? My top five kickers. We'll do this one pretty quick. I think it's pretty straightforward. Greg Zerline Rams are going to score a lot of points. Uh, he kicks a lot of field goals, very accurate kickers. So I have him as my number one. Number two, I've got Justin Tucker, uh, most accurate kicker in NFL history. I think the Ravens are going to have a have a bit of an issue scoring touchdowns, so I think they're going to settle for a lot of field goals. Number three, Harrison Butker, Chiefs, obviously score a lot of points. He's going to get a lot of extra points. He's going to get a lot of field goal attempts. He's my number three. Will Lutz down in New Orleans, same thing. Saints score a lot of points. He's going to kick a lot of field goals. He's got good accuracy. He's my number four. And then my number five, Robbie Gold, um, one of, I think, number number one or number two uh, most accurate kicker over the last couple of years in the NFL uh, over in San Francisco. He just got a new contract. He's coming in happy now. Uh, I believe he's coming in, and they're 
again, I think they're going to have a good offense, but I do think they're going to settle for a lot of field goals. So I think he's going to score a lot of points. I agree. I think Chicago is missing Robbie Gould right now. <laughs> with all the kickers they're going through. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great point there. <laughs> so let me ask you this. The last question here. Do you see any rookie quarterbacks having any sort of impact like a Baker Mayfield did last year? So we've got Dwayne Haskins. You've got Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones. Do any of them get on the field this year? Any of them do any solid fantasy? Uh, Kyler Murray, I think, is going to start day one for for Arizona. Um, he's a he's a guy that in college, you know, that OU offense runs similar to how Texas Tech ran it a little bit. So I think the the transition uh, for Kyler Murray is going to be easier than any any other quarterback has this year. Uh, great speed. Uh, he can actually throw the ball pretty well. Uh, anytime with a running quarterback, I do get a little bit worried with, with injury, but barring, barring injury, you know, I don't know if he'll put up the stats Baker Mayfield had, but I believe he's in for, for a good rookie season. And I think he could be a legit quarterback two option for you. I do like it. And we both came from colleges that, well, I'm from, I like Nebraska, you're Texas. Back in the day, the Big 12 offense, gunslinging, air raid style. I love Kyler Murray just because I think that Cliff Kingsbury is going to do what he did to Pat Mahomes to Kyler Murray, so I really think he's going to have a good season. I kind of missed the Big 12 for Nebraska, but Big 10's all right, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I again, I, I feel like he's going he's gonna to have a great year. I think Dwayne Haskins will play this year. Uh, I mean, I don't know how he'll how he'll succeed. I, I think he's going to do okay, but Dwayne Haskins, I think, is more of a year two or year three kind of quarterback. That's when you really want to look for him to make an impact. Dan Jones, I think he's going to play for the simple fact that the Giants are just going to be out of the running pretty early. I mean, they're they're in a big rebuild, and at some point they're going to want to test him out and see how he does. And and uh, you know the other quarterback I think to look out for, I th- same situation as Daniel Jones, I think is Drew Locke over in Denver. I think he's uh, he's going to play. I think they're going to they're going to be out of the running for the playoffs. I I feel like fairly early, you know, by week, you know, between week eight and ten, I think they're going to you know start thinking about folding it up for the season and trying to get him some playing time. So I could see him getting on the field, but Kyler Murray's really the only one I'm seeing making a an immediate impact. Yeah, I think uh, both Jones and Drew Locke are going to do another thing, too. They're going to put a short leash on the veterans they're backing up. I think Eli Manning, if he starts having games where he's throwing multiple interceptions, no touchdowns, looking like he did last year, I think the fan base is going to dictate that they have to go to Daniel Jones. And the same thing with Denver. If Joe Flacco comes in struggles, I think they're going to be quick to pull the trigger on Drew Locke. Don't know if that's the right thing to do, but I can see it happening. Yeah, I, I I absolutely agree. Like I said, they're they're gonna be put in simply because of a short leash and because you know they're they're not gonna have successful seasons in terms of win losses. The how they're gonna base these seasons are gonna be on player development and being ready for next season and and uh and getting those guys ready for the future. So but like I said, I think the immediate impact guy, Kyler Murray, potentially Dwayne Haskins may, you know, may throw up some decent stats, but uh, Kyler Murray's really my only one. All right. You got anything to add to that? That was a pretty in-depth coverage. I know we went kind of quick. Um, that's kind of our top five. Hopefully it gives you a good idea of how to base your draft strategy. You have anything to add to that, Mike? 
um, just kind of touching back on some stuff we mentioned earlier in this episode and episode one is, you know, don't, don't, uh, if a Mahomes does go number three overall or number two overall, you know, don't, don't let that dictate your draft strategy. Don't let that dictate your season. Um, don't settle for an okay quarterback when there's an elite running back out there or, or an elite receiver. Um, and, and other than that, just, just like I said, in episode one, just make a plan, have a strategy going into the season, into the draft and be ready to, you know, to pivot basically when, when that draft strategy gets thrown out the window and on pick five. And it will. It, it, it definitely will. So just, just be ready for that. (laughs) All right. I think that's it for today. What do we got in store for us next episode? Uh, episode three of Gridiron Authority. We're going to be talking about our season projections. We're going to be talking about division winners. We're going to be talking about the guys we feel like are out of the running. We're going to be talking about some surprise teams. Uh, a lot of good information coming up on it. So tune in for the episode. Excellent. We'll see you guys next time.